Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We are so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. So this morning uh, is week six of On Repeat. We've done week one of our tribe that have been relationship focused. Two was we choose the boat, which is mission focused. Three, we roll away the stone, which has been passionately involved in Jesus' pursuit of freeing, you know, raising people, awakening people, and that we have a part to play in people coming to Jesus. Uh, week four was we take a step that was discipleship focused. Um, week five was pricely, priceless, not pricely, priceless yeses and costly noes, which is that we have a yes culture, a faith faith risky yes culture uh, and this morning it's, uh, it's week number six and it's freedom fighters freedom fighters um, and so let's pray and get into it. Father God we're just so thankful for this morning Jesus we just love you so much and I thank you you're in this place, I thank you for this atmosphere that's here, Holy Spirit we're just so grateful that you're in this presence in this place and uh, we just ask that you speak to us, that we'd open our hearts to receive from you this morning that, that you can, it's amazing how you can take the words and like place them in people's hearts how they need to receive it and and, and it's just cool how you can do that. And so we just give you, ask that you do that this morning, that your, that these words would, would penetrate as you would see them penetrate and um, do the work that you want to do in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, Amen. so freedom fighters. Um, uh, so a freedom fighter uh, is a person engaged in a resistance movement against what they believe to be an oppressive and illegitimate government. So that's where this term freedom fighters come, comes from. It's a person who takes part in like a revolutionary struggle to overthrow a government. Uh, and so that's quite interesting that we're freedom fighters. Um, but the way that I see this is Jesus uh, actually multiple times, especially through the book of John, keeps referring to Satan or the devil as the ruler of this world, right? And uh, John 12, 31, ruler of this world. John 14, 30, ruler of this world is coming. John 16, 11, the ruler of this world is going to be judged. And so don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, uh, that, that, that Satan is actually ruler and king. He's, he's not. He's an illegitimate, he has an illegitimate rule with an inevitable outcome. That's what I want to say. That Jesus has defeated Satan, sin, and death on the cross. And, and uh, it's not this like cosmic struggle of good versus evil and who's going to win. We know the outcome. The outcome has been written. And, and we live in the in-between of the, of the work on the cross and the victory on the cross and the consummation of all things and Jesus coming and returning and, uh, and, and just all of what uh, the Bible has has referred to and spoken out, but nonetheless, if you look out into culture, uh, you see depravity growing, you see uh, kind of darkness increasing, uh, and you, you, you see just really things uh, kind of being uh, moving away from you know, biblical morality, away from, uh, from the rhythm of, of what God has instituted uh, for in his rhythm. Like I love that when I think about, um, it's not about biblical morality, although I just said that, but it's about God's rhythm for our good. Like when, he, uh, when God created everything and he said it was good, he created it with rhythm. So everything that happens, seasons and, 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 and food, and everything that God's created is good, you know, and he says it's good, but uh, what sin does is it fractures the goodness and, and it turns it from, so, like it's like everything was in tune, like a, like a guitar in tune, but what sin does is take that and just detune that string so it doesn't sound good anymore, right? It's, it's out of tune, there's no longer a harmony. And so, and so, you know, God's looking for those who stand up and be freedom fighters against the spiritual oppression 
that we uh, face. And look, lightness, light always trumps darkness, doesn't it? And so, you know, this morning I just want to say that we are, we are, we want to be freedom fighters, freedom in your own life. Um, and one day, uh, I'm going to put him on the spot, but Michael's going to speak about his journey, I believe. I'm speaking, yeah. going to speak about his journey doing the freedom experience. And uh, look, it's a, we all are on an ongoing journey. No one ever arises. You know, there's just another chapter, right? But like you can look back and see the journey. And so Michael um, did this thing called a freedom experience. I'm not going to steal his thunder. But there is a, a, a journey that we all are on of coming to greater levels of, of freedom. Um, and so, right. you know, that's our hope. Our hope is that we are going to fight for not just... Uh, the, not just our own freedom, but that's really important, you know, that we that we uh, understand that God's called us to be the freest people ever alive, right? You know, uh, but we also understand that we are fighting not just for us, but for other people's as well, all right? So look, we live, we live in, a, in a situation with an, uh, an illegitimate rule, with an inevitable outcome, uh, but nonetheless we are we are we have we have a government to overthrow we have a spiritual oppression that we're called to push against and so i want to return to the story of lazarus if we can and um and we were, we're talking about this uh back in week three when we talked about rolling away the stone uh, i want to return to that story and just uh, a quick recap jesus said in john 11 verse 11 that our friend lazarus has fallen asleep but we go to awaken him so Jesus is on this mission of awakening people from death to life, spiritual death to uh, uh, spiritual life. Um, and he also said in John 10.10 10, that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus is on a mission to awaken people from death to life and to, to, not, to an abundant life. I'm always, I always want to reiterate that Jesus is not anti-life, uh, that he's not going to reduce your life to boringness. Like following Jesus is a radical exciting crazy life now there's all sorts of challenges that come with following jesus uh but there is no great life there's nothing there's nothing that you could choose that could be greater um and you know we have the conviction around that is uh is important um and so we but if we carry on the story of, of actually the moment where jesus goes to lazarus we see a moment we uh, i've got i'll call it unbinding to freedom and so uh, let's just quickly pick up the story. So Jesus was deeply moved. He comes, this is verse 38 of John 11. He comes to the tomb, which was a cave, and a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Uh, so roll away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour, for he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for your heard me. <laughs> And I knew that you were always he- and that you would always hear me. But I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And verse 44, we will focus here this morning. The man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And we already spoke in week three about the requirement, like the involvement of people in the awakening of Lazarus. So he involved the people. So Jesus was there to perform the miracle of awakening. There's not a person there <laughs> that could have spoken Lazarus to come forth but Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit's work of awakening. He does the work of salvation, right? But we have a part to play. And uh, and our part's critical. It's, uh, Jesus can do what he did with Saul slash Paul. He can knock you off the horse and say, what are you doing persecuting me and just radically save you without anyone's intervention without anyone else being involved just like i'm coming to save you just you and me mate 
But more often than not, Jesus involves us, his people, in the salvation of his family. And so we have a part to play. And so although I, I just, again, want to clarify that in this moment, when we see him asking the people to roll away a stone, and when we see them telling them to unbind his hands and feet, uh, those were literal things. I get it, they're literal things. And right now we're taking literal things and we're looking at them metaphorically. But I still believe there's a, there's a biblical principle here. It's like a, it was something just jumped off the page for me when I read this. It was just like, this is the culture that we need as a people of, of following Jesus, that we understand that salvation involves us, right? That we have a part to play. So I understand there is a, uh, a metaphorical leaning here, which maybe the scripture's moments, uh, it's not, you know, that's not maybe the point of the story. But I believe that there is this, this underlying God speaking, look, look here, look here, look here. And so... Let's just, uh, let's just have a look. It says in Galatians 5.1, For freedom, <laughs> Christ has set us free. For freedom. Okay? Okay, so, so freedom is a huge, a huge deal to what it means to follow in Jesus. Okay? So the so question I've got is, what is freedom? Uh, I'm going to answer my own question. The power or the right to act, speak, or think as one wants. The power or right to act, think, and speak as one wants. You're totally free. You know, when you can move unencumbered, you can speak, you can act, you can think as one wants. And the, and the other definition of what is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. So, so the, the, the opposite of freedom is slavery, right? You know, the opposite of, of being free is being bound. Um, and so it's interesting that when, when uh, Lazarus came forth and was awakened in this moment, he, he, came and he, was, he came from death to life, but there was still more that had to, had to happen. You know, the act of salvation transpired. The act of, of, of awakening happened. But yet he was awakened, yet was still bound. And his face was still covered. So I want you to see that this morning. Because I think that when you think about hands and feet bound, that's what you're called. You think about hands and feet. They represent what you're called to do. Like your, the, the purpose of your life and, and what you're called to do. Your hands and your feet is like your, your ability to move and act in this world. Your hands and your feet. And so there's this... The sense of purpose. If you're bound, you're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. You're not. Get, you're not. You can't move forward. Like we walk by faith. We're called to run the race set before us. If your hands, have, I don't know about you, Michael, but I don't know if I'd want to run a marathon with my hands and feet bound. That could be a little bit tricky, right? And so there's a sense that there's a sense here that salvation is Jesus's responsibility, but freeing people into their purpose could be ours. Do you see that? that the people were responsible for removing the bounds that were preventing Lazarus from actually being able to freely move, freely walk, freely act. Um, you think about, I think about these things like worshipping, you know, with your hands raised, hard to do when you're bound. Mm -hmm. Think about that. How many times have you sort of had this unction to raise your hands but you felt the sense of something holding you back, feeling kind of bound and restricted where there might be bound by pride or bound by insecurity or bound by something? but not feeling free. Like wanting to do and make a moment of, of worship but feeling restricted for some reason, something just stopping you, you know? I just, we want to be the people that, that, that can help free. I love uh, Steve Burgess uh, when he was a young Christian, and I've said this before, but he, uh, he was a young Christian and he wanted in this moment in, in, in a church service, he wanted to raise his hands, he just felt the function to want to do it, but he didn't know if it was appropriate. Right, but then when he saw this this man beside him doing it, he's like, "Cool, I'm, I've got, I've, it's like permission. It's permission giving, right?" 
And so it's not just about you finding freedom, but it's, it's actually that your freedom can become a catalyst for other people's yeah. too. You know, it's just so critical, right? And so his hands and feet were bound and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And I think about that, his face was wrapped with a cloth. So people come to Jesus, but there's a, there's, a, there's a discovery of your identity. Your face is your identity, right? Your image is held here. Um, it represents, I should say, your identity. I'm not saying that your identity is in surface looks. <laughs> in fact, we've got to fight that, right? That, that it's all about image and what you look like and stuff like that. It's just uh, obviously uh, a real a poisonous thing that get, has infiltrated culture. You know, it causes it to try and fit in. So I'm not saying that our image, external image, is our identity, but it represents metaphorically who we are. Our face represents when it, the word presence in the Old Testament is um, is actually the Hebrew word for face. So when you when Jesus says, oh, uh, you know, um, I seek your presence as I, I seek your face. Now, there's I'm not looking just to your hands, what you can provide for me, you know, or your direction where you're leading me, but I'm actually not worried about that. I'm just wanting to see your face. I just want to look at you and connect. connect. I find it interesting um, that right now we're in a, in a culture of having to wear a mask and for good reason, and I'm not, um, I'm not anti-mask or anything like that. It's interesting when we cover our face, we cover expression, we cover... We get so much of our communication comes from what we see, you know, our body languages, and a lot of it is in our in our mannerisms, in our in our face, and so and so there's a there's a there's a uh, an identity thing there. So what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing I'm seeing Jesus involved the people and removing barriers for people to come to Jesus, and then he's involving the people to release people to freedom and purpose and help them find their identity. We have a part to play. We have a part to play, freedom fighters. We have a part to play. And, and I think it's just, it's, it's just important to understand there are people who have been awakened to life by Jesus but are still bound and not free. So uh, and I think we're all on a journey here, right? We're all on a journey. I think it's, it's an important, uh, important thing to just recognize. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. Uh, verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. I love that. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Just love this. When we come to the Lord, this veil is removed. Think about the marriage. Uh, and I don't know, I don't see many brides doing the veil thing anymore. Maybe it's a little bit old school, but there was this, uh, you know, in, in a marriage ceremony, the, the bride would come with her face veiled. And there's a moment where the groom unveils her face, you know. And I just think it's such a beautiful uh, symbolism, and uh, you can see that this, that this is, it has its biblical grounds. That you know, you think about, you think about that, and it's like there's, uh, there's this. I can, I couldn't really see you clearly, but now I see you. My eyes have been awaken to you that we have a part to play in people seeing Jesus and having that veil removed and you know and because this because the spirit says where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and this comes from the Lord is but where does the spirit of the Lord reside he resides in you he resides in me and so there is a reside in the spirit that through you freedom can come to others the spirit of the Lord bringing freedom to others. So Jesus said to them, as, as I just, just said, freedom comes to you and freedom comes through you. Your freedom journey, as is everything in, in, this, in the kingdom of God, doesn't end on you. 
Nothing that God does you, is just finishes on you, terminates on you. But he works it in you and then works it through you. I think about, uh, so we get, we get free and then we get to free others. This is the awesome journey. We get to lead people into freedom. We, uh, Jesus has called us to play our part and invite us, and he invites us into his story and it's his adventure. I think about this, the keys, and so I think about this um, from a, thinking about like a prison point of view. You know, I feel like, you know, freedom is us being released from prison, whether that prison be addiction uh, or, or deep emotional scarring or, or relationship heartache or, or pride or insecurity. Or, there's so many things that can bind us. There's so many things that keep us in captivity. Uh, but Jesus releases us to freedom. He, he opens up. He, swings that, he opens that door and, and leads us out of that place of captivity. And, but that doesn't just stop there. I feel like he just he goes, here's the keys. Your testimony, your testimony is like a prison door key that unlocks other people's prison. And so it does, you know, your journey becomes a, a beautiful testimony to the glory and grace of God and says, people will know me by your testimony. So whatever you've walked through and the free, your freedom experience becomes a beautiful testimony to be the kind, you can be a, a, just like those people that released Lazarus from his, from his un, unbound Lazarus your testimony, your story can be that that can unbind other people. And um, I just think that's such a powerful thing. And so let me just talk to you about this word dominion. Uh, this is digging into Romans, and especially Romans chapter 6. Because uh, Romans chapter 6 sort of poses this thing that you get a choice of dominion. You get a choice of what rules over you. But the, but the, but the facade that you aren't under dominion is false. That you're captain of your ship, master of your own your destiny, this, this like island all onto your own, is false. The Bible doesn't paint that picture. The Bible paints a picture that you will be under dominion, but we'd hope to be under the Spirit, under Christ's dominion, right? So let me just uh, paint this out for us. It says here, uh, well, first of all, let's just define dominion as sovereignty, control, domination, authority, command, power, direction, sway. Some pretty strong words, right? So you're going to be under something sovereignty, control, dominion, domination, authority, command, power, direction, or sway. But you have a choice. Let's read, I'm going to just read to you some of Romans 6 here. This is verse 16. I'm reading from the message. Take that one for a spin, right? Let's go. You know well enough you are, from your own experience there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Often, offer yourself to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. Isn't that powerful? But offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. All your lives you've let sin tell you what to do. But thanks, but thank God you've started listening to a new master, one who commands, one who commands to set you ones whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. I'm using freedom language because it's an easy easy to picture. This is what Paul's saying. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time the more you did just what you felt like doing not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different it is, is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you, do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. Verse 22. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do, and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you what a surprise. A whole 
healed, put together life right now with more and more life on the way. I'm going to say that again. A whole, healed, put together life right now with more and more of life on the way. That is the promise of doing things God's way. Working hard for sin, your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our Master. Isn't that an amazing, just, just doxology of what is this uh, journey of freedom that we're called on and called into? We get to choose who, who has dominion and who has rule over our lives. The choice that Paul says is that sin or Jesus is bondage or freedom. One paints a picture of bringing freedom but brings bondage and one can seem to be narrow and, and, and restrictive and we're handing over but it actually leads to freedom. It leads to a fullness of, of life. And the word free, well the suffix dom, you know, free dom, the suffix dom is actually from the word judgment. So it, it comes, it, it, the root word of dom is judgment. It's also associated with the word doom. Isn't that crazy? And so, and so the power and passion of heaven, as it would, and this is what Jesus did, is that we would be free from judgment, free from doom. There's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Free from that judgment, free from the doom, free from bondage, free from death. He says, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And so my passion and my hope for us, church, is that we would constantly uh, be on a journey towards freedom. Right, that we'd be the freest people. I mean, we live in a society right now that is very bound. I mean, we see it, right? We see it. And it's not just, you know, Jesus is passionate about your freedom. But he's passionate about bringing freedom to you and bringing freedom through you. You know, as, a, as a, one, of my, one of my great passions is a hatred of fear. I hate fear. I hate what fear does to people. I have a holy hatred of the spirit of fear. I hate how it binds people. I hate how people might want to do something but they're held back by this thing. They're captive by this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what God's call on your life is going to require risky faith. And the antithesis of fear is faith. Fear and faith can't, they can't, they, they can't, they're not bedfellows. They can't coexist. Mm-hmm. Either fear rules or faith rules. And, uh, and, 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 and so the fact that we're called to walk by faith means that we have to be able to deal to and, and allow the spirit to deal to fear and let truth be spoken out of our lives. Allow that unveiling of our hearts and, that, and, 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 just, and again to come into the presence of Jesus city and let him speak to us and, and speak that freedom over our lives because on the other side of your freedom, which means on the other side of your obedience, people's lives are transformed and changed. Your freedom matters. I love uh, one of my favorite all-time parts in, of, of cinematic movies is in Braveheart when William Wallace uh, screams in his last breath fighting for freedom, just screams out freedom. It's such a uh, like Christological moment, right? It's just like you, I think we're drawn to these things because it reminds us of the great arcing, the real, the real freedom fighter, that is Jesus Christ, you know, who came to this earth. He died, he lived 30 years, 33 years, sin-free for you and me. He, he faced every temptation that we'll ever face, yet he did that without sin. The second Adam, that he could do something that, that for us, and that namely restore, pay the price, you know, take our place, that we could be restored unto God in relationship. And he's passionate about freedom. He's passionate about you being free. And, uh, and, and we as a church want to be passionate about that as well, you know, um, that we're cognizant, we're cognitive of that journey for one another towards freedom.
And so that's the, that's the kind of the end of my message. Um, and I, I'm excited for you guys to unpack this and cruise a bit more and just discuss how and what it looks like to, 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 to live under the dominion of Jesus and the life of freedom. What does it mean for your freedom, you know, to, to, to be, bring freedom to other people? Do you see yourself like those people when Lazarus comes forward and he says, you unbind him. You unbind them and you uncover their face and you let them go. There's a, there's a part that we get to play. Isn't that awesome? I think there's no greater, there's nothing, there's nothing more significant or more valuable than Jesus inviting you into a journey to make a difference, a spiritual difference in the life of somebody else. There's nothing greater. You know, and so, you know, I just I just really wholeheartedly believe that's our call, church, that we are, that as we embrace this journey of freedom. It's going to come through us, and we're going to help others come to freedom. This is just the most wonderful and beautiful thing. And so, that is something we care we care about deeply in this church, and we want to fight for. Amen. 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 Amen.